Welcome to the Wellness Wonderland radio show. This is Katie, and today I have with me an amazing guest. Health Coach Quinn is here. Woo! Hi! Hi! And she is one of my favorite people on the planet doing amazing work and inspiring, being funny, and just being so happy in every single video, recipe, blog post. She's so authentic and somehow makes you feel like you're just hanging out and cooking with a friend. So thank you so much for being here and stopping thanks. by Wonderland, Quinn. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yay. Okay, cool. Well, let's jump right in. Um, I know that you have created your own wellness wonderland that you live in. So let's talk a little bit about your journey there and how um, long did it take you to get there and kind of just what your holistic health journey has been. Are we, are we there yet? I mean, I feel like it's such a journey. I don't know. My my new revelation as of late is that it's like there really is no there. Like we're always we're always getting somewhere. It's always it's all about the journey. But my journey thus far, um, I struggled with weight and body image, uh, like a lot of women most of my life. I was kind of a chubby kid who grew up into a chubby adolescent and then became kind of a chubby adult and it got to a point where I was just sick and tired of feeling uncomfortable in my own skin. In my, 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 I had terrible acne off and on for 10 years, and I just got really, really frustrated with living in this body that I was constantly judging. And uh, about five years ago, I kind of got to a breaking point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to get to a place where I love myself. And whatever that looks like, whatever my, wherever my body and my weight and my skin, wherever it lands is kind of okay as long as there's love really infused in every layer. So um, slowly but surely, I started making some changes in my diet and my lifestyle. And um, I was fortunate enough to meet this doctor one day, I, uh, the Dalai Lama was giving a five-day lecture in my hometown. Oh, man. Yeah. Normal, normal. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your so hometown? It was um, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, cool. Yeah. So kind of random, but... Um, on, like, the <laughs> Pretty random. Day, just a little random. Just, <laughs> just a little Bethlehem. But uh, on the third day, I found myself at lunch sitting next to this guy who turned out to be a doctor. And I don't even know how we began chatting, but he was looking at what I was eating. And he was like, you know, you think you're being healthy eating your, like, strawberries and pretzels. But it's not. Like, that's not healthy. Which I was shocked. I was totally shocked. What do you mean pretzels aren't healthy? So he gave me some ideas of things that I could change and upgrade. And he was like, you know... One salad for a meal a day. Instead of breakfast, you're going to have, you know, instead of your cereal, you're going to have Ezekiel uh, cereal. And nice. for a snack, you'll have this. And, you know, I want you walking three miles a day. And it just gave me a couple little things to get me going in the right direction. And I started making some changes and everything shifted. Within a week of getting off of meat and dairy out of my diet, my skin completely cleared up. After struggling with acne for 10 years, this wow. was like a miracle. Um, the weight just started to fall off and then cravings started to diminish and my mood started to elevate. So I finally, that was when I really had the light bulb connection of like, oh, you are what you eat. The things you yeah. put in your body make up every fiber of your being. Um, so from there, it was just like 
every so often, like I would just kind of create a new challenge for myself of like, you know, anyone can do anything, you know? It, so for me, it just became about like really seeing what I was made of. And um, yeah, I just started making some subtle shifts, decided I wanted to have a major career change. I'd been working in fashion for 10 years. So I like kind of did the thing where you hit rock bottom and you move in with your parents when you're 28 years old and found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and went back to school and then just completely started my life over again. And I'm still on the journey. You know, the self-love is there. It's there. It's reinforced every single day of my life. Um, But it's a continued journey, you know? I love that. I love that. And I love that what you said about a journey because, you know, what I try to say here is that, like, your wellness wonderland, your journey there is however you make it, but you're, you're never quite in, you're always in wellness wonderland, but the journey there is never ending, if that makes sense at all. I'm trying to do my little, little (laughs) cliche there, but, but yeah, that, that just totally makes sense. And I really like what you said about that. In your most recent blog post, you really talked about just kind of accepting where you are and loving yourself regardless of whether you're there, wherever your goal is, because you're never quite there. Your your goal is always shifting. It's always changing. It's growing as you are. And and I really love that. I'm going to put a link to um, Quinn's amazing most recent blog post below because it was really helpful for me to see where I am right now in my life. Because like I said, and like you said, that journey, it's never ending. Yeah, totally. There have been times where I thought I was there and then and then I'm not, but you know, we're all just, we're all just right here. We're all doing the best that we can every day. Exactly. Exactly. So just going off of something you said there, skin popped up for me and, um, your struggles with acne. And that's something, um, that I think a lot of people have issues with much like weight, but specifically with acne, how do you, And like you said, it cleared up as soon as you got off dairy, as soon as you got off eating meat. And a lot of people, a lot of readers to the blog and myself included, I feel like I'm like asking a question for a friend that, like trying to say that it's not me, but really it's just me. So I'll just be very frank. But how do you like say when you're, um, when you're wanting something and like for me, clearing up my skin, clearing up acne and just having like every bit of health, like holistically for my body and for my mind and for my skin, um, you know, I've cut out dairy, I've cut out all of these things, but I'm still struggling with this. And and that could be, that can really go for anybody or like you cut out certain things and you're still struggling with your weight. How do you like really give some practical examples of how do you love yourself when you do have a blemish pop up or you're you know, plucking those nose hairs or you just can't (laughs) stop that extra weight? Like, how do you love yourself even during those tough things? I think that, um, I think that it's important to, well, first of all, all of those things are popping up because of something else, right? Like they're all symptomatic of something else that's going on inside of us. So the skin thing and the weight thing, like they're not just a skin thing or just a weight thing. Um, I'm going to answer the question in a minute, but I feel like the weight for me, it was always about some sort of protection, me trying to protect myself from something. And when I can really just be vulnerable and um, brave, the weight just starts to flush away. You know, it's always when I'm, when I'm finding myself in a place where I I can acknowledge like I'm being really guarded 
is when the weight starts to come back on a little bit. And same with the skin. It's like if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm letting little things kind of fester inside me, it wants to come out. All of those toxic feelings, energies, emotions that we that we just kind of keep inside of us, stuffing them down, stuffing them down, they need to get out somewhere. And our skin is our largest organ. And it's how our body, um, you know, when we're detoxing, things need, they want to get out any way that they can. And if they're not getting out through other more conventional ways, they're going to try to get out through the skin. So there are a lot of things that you can do for your diet. I mean, sugar is another huge one with the skin. There's a lot of research that shows, you know, how like the correlations between sugar and, and um, blemish flare-ups. But I think that it's really looking at those, the symptoms, the stuff that's going on inside and shining love on that in order to try to heal the whole situation. So, you know, I have a daily practice of um, the first thing that I do when I, when, I wake, when I wake up in the morning is for me, my belly has always been my area that I never have shown much love to. It's because that's where I, my body tends to hold weight. I've struggled with a lot of digestive issues. So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I take a couple deep breaths. I put my hands gently on my stomach and I just say over and over again, I love you. I love you. I know you're here to protect me, but I release you. I know why you're here. You came here for a reason. I brought you here, but I release you. I release you. So um, I'm like going to get emotional talking about it, but, um, but it, even if it's some sort, you know, it could be, some, it's all a psychosomatic situation, but it allows me to go through the day knowing that I've instilled love within my body and also show appreciation. And it just starts the day off with a little bit of patience as well. So I think that for whatever it is, um, instead of directing anger and frustration at it, so like if, if something popping up on your face instead of instead of popping them and picking at them just showing them a little bit of patience and care um and soon all of that just starts to yeah yeah I love that and I, I think patience is the biggest thing for for acne for weight for all of it it's it's finding that patience but also not pushing not not pushing the weight off or not pushing the acne to go away or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're holding on to, but actually giving it some love because it can't go away unless you kind of become okay with it first or completely <laughs> become okay with it first. Yeah, because that added stress about it, when you're just stressed out about your skin or stressed out about your body, like it's only adding to it. You know, what you resist persists. And the more energy you give to it, the more it's just going to keep showing up. Because the universe just hears acne, it just hears that, and it just gives you more of it. Exactly. I love that. So that was such good practical practical advice, but I want to get a little bit back to backtrack on your story. That was totally me, like, pushing through the questions with what came up as you were, as you were telling us your story there, but um, going back, so you're, so after the Dalai Lama and all of that um, crazy stuff that led you on your journey divine order with all of that were you always passionate about cooking or is that something that kind of came after you learned about um what overhauling your diet could do for your overall health I did not know a dang thing about cooking like really think about it five years ago I knew nothing my oh my gosh and now like- you're healthy cookie cam queen 
<laughs> I adore that. I adore that. There's hope. I love that. There's do you hear that? Like there's hope for every single person listening. Quinn, chef extraordinaire, did not even know her way around the kitchen five years ago. Did Nothing. I hear that correctly? I mean, every meal was like something that I picked up and put together. Like maybe I made couscous once in a while, maybe pasta. My one dish that I thought of as cooking was like this weird boiled carrots with cinnamon thing that was like kind of disgusting. I thought I was cooking. (laughs) It was a mess. Um, Yes, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. And I didn't really start cooking until I um, started changing or until until I started really looking at what I was eating. So I started cutting some things out of my diet because um, I have this, you know, my, my doctor friends told me, you know, cut out dairy, cut out meat. Um, and then a few years later, now I eat dairy and I do eat meat. I just, it, it's in moderation. But anything that you start out with, um, any sort of elimination that I've done, I have this thing where it's like anyone can do anything for two weeks or three weeks. So just start there and see how those dietary changes make you feel and then guaranteed if it's right for you, you're going to want to stick with it. Um, so years later, for about the last three years now, I've been gluten-free. Being dairy-free, gluten-free and not eating meat was completely impossible and socially unacceptable to say. So I had to bring back in some of the meat and some of the dairy just so that I could function. But um, yeah, so it was, I really started to cook when I realized that I, that there were just certain things that I couldn't have in my diet and I needed to take care of myself because no one else was going to do it for me. Right. So, um, it was actually during that time when I was, uh, 28 and moved back in with my parents that I started to feel like I wanted to earn my keep when I was living there. Like I wasn't really working. I mean, I was a little bit and I had some savings, but my mom had been cooking dinner for like 30 some years and she was sick of it. So I was like, let me step in. Let me do what I can to help out around here. So I started making, I started cooking every night and I would make these elaborate meals where I would have like a three course meal just in case I ruined like two of the things. <laughs> At least there'd be something edible. So that's really how it all started. And then my parents would be like, you know, you're really good at this. Like my dad would be like, you know, you might be better than mom. And it was like, well, you don't say, and my mom is a great cook. Um, I just started, it really built my confidence and it was, I just cooked all day, every day. You had an audience. I had an audience and they appreciated it. And I, I had this uh, stage to have a lot of practice because I was like living at home and didn't have much. So I would, I would cook breakfast and I would cook lunch and then I would cook these elaborate dinners. And You were your uh, parents' personal chef. Exactly. They, they probably cook- felt like a celebrity. <laughs> they didn't love it. They want. They keep, in fact, being like, "Are you sure you don't want to move home again?" And I'm like, "I think I got it. I think I'm, I'm going to stick with my real I'm life." I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute then. Wouldn't be cute again. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So that's what a great story that everybody can learn to do anything. And I love what you said about the elimination diet. And I think that's really true for me. You know, I. I didn't start cooking or finding a passion for anything with the kitchen or anything with food until I realized how food made my body feel, until I found that connection. And that elimination diet is huge or just figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And like I I heard this, I think it was on a Gabby lecture. I don't even know where I heard this, but somebody was saying something like, you see a really cute, adorable cupcake, right? And you're like, oh my God, that looks so good. And 
I, you know, a lot of people look at that and they think that looks so good. I'm not going to eat it because it'll make me gain weight or it'll make me this or it'll make me that. But you know that you have a great relationship with food when you look at the cupcake and you're like, oh my God, that looks good still. But you know, I don't want to eat it right now because I have so much to do today and I'm not going to like how that's going to make me feel. That's going to not give me energy. It's going to stick in my stomach, whatever, whatever it is. And just when you're able to like really understand how food makes you feel and that connection, I think it opens up a whole world like you were saying and you want to cook for yourself because you want to explore and you want to explore in the kitchen. And that kind of brings me to my next question with your collaboration with Robin. For my followers slash readers and listeners who don't know, Quinn um, has an amazing collaboration with Robin and they they teach people who are kind of like Quinn five years ago and just everybody, even if you are a master chef, this really great practical information in the kitchen and they show you really amazing simple recipes and healthy things that are amazing and taste good and they did this amazing fun sleepover that I loved (laughs) by the way. I was totally participating. Yay! It was great. And I did it with my mom, actually, because I was living at home at the time. Adorable. <laughs> yeah, it was adorable. We were in our jammies. And they're coming out with a cookbook, I believe. Is that right? Yes. On our website now, we just released our first e-cookbook with over 30 recipes. They're all super simple, and every single one of them has um, five swaps to it. You can really play around with these recipes and make them their own. So it's the healthy cooking camp, healthy cooking basics. So it's all the basics of simple recipes just when you're starting out and wanting to be cooking better, healthier food. And then it just gives you that platform to start exploring and, and really branching out and making them your own signature chip, your own signature signature dish. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Five swaps. That's so cool. Thank so- you. So with with that, um, you collaborate on this project, and you're you're a health coach on your own, and then you collaborate with Robin for Healthy Cooking Camp. So could you tell me a little bit about um, that collaboration and why you decided to collaborate with someone else? So we um, – it was one of those things that we were both on each other's radar for a while. <laughs> um, the way she tells the story is she saw me uh, in Daily Candy – popular website and she was like who is this girl and why is she written up and blah, blah, blah. you know it was like one of those like she had her eye on me kind of thing like yeah. who is this girl and I knew about her because I'd seen her just somewhere I come across the website and I remember watching one of her videos and being like who is this girl and why is she my brain twin and why do we approach cooking the exact same way we have to know each other so we re- realized that we had some mutual friends and kind of asked to be set up on a friend date um, <laughs> And just hit it off immediately. We're just kind of two people that are, like, cut from the same cloth. You know, there's a lot of people in this health coaching world. And she and I just kind of had a similar energy. We had this really similar downtown scene. And, like, uh, you you guys really seem like best friends. We really are. Are you besties? I mean, we, like, love each other. I love it. I love it. It's, I mean, we both just like every day are like so lucky to have each other because it's like we just, it's being in the young. There's so many things that she just loves to do and excels at and is brilliant at that I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And vice versa. Just so many things that I like nice. spend all day doing that she's like, I, I shouldn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. So it works out. But then at the same time, we just have the same philosophy about cooking, which is that it should be as simple and fun as possible. And we just, 
bring a lot of our creative energy to it. Um, so yeah, so we kind of uh, knew about each other and we became friends and we belonged to the same CSA, uh, Community Supported oh, nice. Agriculture Group, if so, for anyone who doesn't know. So we bought into the same farm at the beginning of the growing season and then every Tuesday we would go and pick up our veggie haul and we would find ourselves talking about like, I have so many eggplants. I, I don't even know what to do with them. What do you do with all these eggplants? So we would start swapping recipes. Um, and from there, it just evolved. And we ran into each other, you know, after the scene ended. And we're talking about how we both just wanted to do more cooking in our practices. And uh, we decided to collaborate on something. And we thought it was just going to be, like, a one-off cooking class. And it turned out to be this, like, juggernaut unity situation that we just both take so much pride in so we really feel like we kind of found something really special and magical um there's a huge movement going on right now in uh this idea that you know the way to conquer your health and your weight is through cooking for yourself um michael pollan is like his newest book is all about cooking and how cooking is the answer to the obesity epidemic and we just feel like you know we're, we're just there on the ground floor like along trying to help teach people how to really feed themselves exactly uh, it is it is very much the answer it really it really is magical and I love everything about the two of you guys collaborating I feel like now that you just told me that story not that I really had any doubt but and I kind of know the two of you but I feel like my favorite couple from the movies is like actually dating in real life so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like really warms my heart but <laughs> But anyways, um, so for me, that I can relate to that a lot. And my, my readers and followers will know, too, I kind of have a person like that. And we decided to collaborate. And we have this show called Two Peas in a Pod. And it's kind of the same thing as you and Robin. We are very yin and yang and very different but also alike. And I think that, that, that having that collaboration is really important. Um, but at the same time, can kind of be there can kind of be this fear in it that you're by collaborating with someone else you're taking away from your own things that you're giving out to the world so why do you think that collaborating with someone else can really show off your strengths as well as the other person's that's a great question um i think i think that one of the reasons why it works is because we um we both have an abundant mentality. So we both feel like we can have our own businesses and we can have our shared business. And isn't it amazing that we both get to have two businesses to do exactly what we love and share and just spread as much as we can into the world? Because everything that I do personally feeds our partnership. Everything that she does personally feeds the partnership. Everything that we do as partners feed our own personal brands. Um, so we both just really look at it like there's enough to go around. Um, and we put as much as we can into the partnership. But the partnership is also, it's a different animal than what we're doing separately. So it all just kind of comes together in this really nice little. And, there, you know, there's times where we've had to figure things out. It doesn't always anything, um, any job to, or any relationship requires some work and some tweaks, but we're always kind of revisiting like, what is it that we're doing here? 
who are we talking to? Who do we want to help? How can we do that best? And how can we also maintain our own businesses on the side? Because those were our original loves. And that's how we all came together and like started to build the platform for Healthy Cooking Camp. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, it's all. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And I love that you you said that lack mentality is really difficult to get out of and I I have to kind of check myself with my with my other project the same thing that like and ex- it's exactly what you said there anything that you do together helps you individ- individually and anything you do individually helps the whole and I think if you can just kind of stay on to that service mentality and why you guys together and individually are doing what you're doing, the rest will just kind of like work out and just fall into place. Absolutely. And we feel really lucky that we've built this awesome community with people like you that really... You're a super fan? You're (laughs) super fan? (laughs) I'm number one super fan. They really identify with what we're doing and really love this this world. So it like, it it makes it all so easy when we've got a crew like you. Exactly. I'm leading the crew. I'm leading the crew, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what advice would you have, speaking of your crew, for other vloggers or people like me? <laughs> this is, again, pretty much this question is just for me but and my followers. <laughs> um, but what advice do you have for other vloggers who want to get started and want to put themselves out there? And it's specifically vloggers, that word is so funny, but people who want to be on video and how that can kind of be scary and putting yourself out there and having to be so transparent. What advice do you have there? Well, I think, I think transparency is the most important thing. I think that if you, uh, if you come out trying to seem too polished or too perfect and too professional, people will see right through that. Mm -hmm. I think what the world needs is you and your voice and they want to, they want what you have to teach through your specific filter. So show your personality, show your vulnerabilities, show your sense of humor. I mean, really engage with people on an honest, personal level. Um, And then apart from that, just create as much as you can. Um, Get in there, just turn on the camera, because you never know what's going to happen. So I think I think it's really just like keeping at it and doing as much as you can, creating as much content as you can, um, and you'll really find that voice and that niche as time goes on. But it's really all about just keeping at it because that's the advice that I keep getting, and that's the that's what I've uh, witnessed from everyone else who has a career that I would love to emulate in some way or another. It's just all about putting something out there on a really consistent, regular basis. Yeah, I think that's great. When I reached out to both you and Robin when I was starting my project, the biggest thing that stuck with me is that consistency. And I think that's kind of where I am now is just building up that content and just putting it out there, putting it out there. And I think that kind of separates the people who do really well and the people who just, it kind of fizzles. It's because you kind of get to that point when you do a little bit and you're like, eh, I don't know if this is working. But it's like, that's when you have to push through and that's when you have to keep going. And I think that's really great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And just do it even if even if you're like not feeling so great and you don't really know, you just turn on the camera anyway. Yes. And I think that that really helps with the collaboration too because you'll have those days when you're not feeling it, but it really helps if you do have someone alongside of you to kind of push. It's just like a workout buddy or something like that because the days that you don't want to, they'll want to, and the days that you want to, vice versa. So it really can be helpful. Amen. Amen, sister. 
Um, all right. Well, getting back to food then. Yeah. Let's get back to food. It's dinner time here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, it's spring. So what is your favorite springtime veggie right now? And how is your favorite way to prepare that? Oh, my goodness. That's like Sophie's choice. How do you choose I know. Favorite your kids. veggie? <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I will say, uh, can I have two? Yes, of course. Okay. So my favorite raw veggie right now is um, I love eating raw radishes because I just feel them working in my body. I feel the flush Bitter. and the box and the fire inside me when I eat them. Like I just know that I'm doing something right when I eat them. Nice. And my second favorite, so those I love raw. Um, and then my other favorite would be um, – I've been really obsessed with roasted baby carrots recently. And I do them like from the farmer's market with like, I keep on some of the greens on the top. And I actually just put this recipe on my website not too long ago. Uh, Cause they just like, you roast them up. And when they're the baby carrots and they just taste like candy, it's heaven. It's amazing. I get them both. Um, I work, I work at a really, really amazing farm on the weekends. Every Saturday I go up there and uh, I get every weekend when I'm there, when there's farmer's market, I make sure to grab some some radishes and some carrots because they're just heaven. I mean, it's like when they've been taken out of the ground the day before and I know exactly Ugh. where they came from. And like, I know that really cute farmers grew them and it just makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. I literally like can't stop beaming right now. I'm going to run to your website and get that recipe and make it this weekend after the farmer's market. And I'll post the link below, but gosh, that's just what I love so much about you is that lately for me, what I've been thinking about is just that like, so I watched Avatar for the first week for the first time like a week ago and it's kind of funny because everybody saw that movie when it came out except me but I just <laughs> had it never you've never seen it either no better better late than never oh, exactly yeah, yeah yeah better late than never but but anyways it, it really got me thinking about like how and this might sound silly to some but I know you'll understand what I mean Quinn and all of everybody in Wellness Wonderland will but. I think about the world and I think about this amazing earth that we have and like we are just these creatures when you really like separate yourself from this. I was meditating the other day and I thought about myself outside of my body as just this creature that was just like sitting there breathing, chest going up and down and we're just in this like amazing Willy Wonka type world where instead of candy, we have these amazing things called vegetables all around us all the time that just grow, that we are supposed to eat, that we are meant to eat, that we've been eating for, you know, so long and just do these amazing things for our body because we were meant to do it. And after I just got to meet Joe Cross a couple of weeks ago, he was in Detroit giving this lecture and he was saying that food comes in three categories. We have stuff from animals, stuff from plants, which is what we're supposed to eat. And then there's all this other stuff. But then the other stuff, the processed stuff is really new. And that processed stuff is just not really what we're supposed to eat. And these vegetables are here for us, are here for our creature bodies to just go out there and and thrive on and I love what you said about being so excited about these baby carrots because of not only what they do for you but how they taste and how they're amazing and it's really like Willy Wonka and all of the that's how I'm starting to like view the world especially as it's getting nicer out it's a little bit easier to view the world that way in the springtime than the dead of winter (laughs) 
True. Well, the veggies are candy. I mean, they're dirt candy. They're like, they, it's, it's especially, I mean, so many vegetables. They just, when you start to eliminate that third category, the processed crap out, you realize how sweet and how tasty natural food is. Um, I saw something recently. I think it was outside this restaurant in New York called Hugh Kitchen. It was a sign that said, like, fruit was the original fast food. And I just think that's so funny because it's so true. It yeah. is like fruit is like, that was the original, like, it's just like sugar laden, like easy convenience food. Yeah, exactly. I always see you guys, you guys, I'm lumping like all of my mentors in New York together, but I always see your Instagrams there and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to go to Hugh Kitchen. It looks amazing. You do. Come, come. <laughs> um. Okay, cool. Well, next question. I have a little scenario for you. You ready for this? I think so. All right. So it's 8 p.m. You've had yeah. a long, long day, and you are beat, and, but you're starving. You don't want to go to – you're going to be up for a couple more hours, and you are just starving, but you want something quick. What's your go-to thing that you either pick up or make? Okay, well – I always have food at home, so if I didn't, though, I would go to a bodega and get, like, a box of um, organic spin, uh, greens, any sort of, like, a lettuce. Because if it's late, I want to eat something a little lighter. I don't want to eat something super, super heavy. Um, I'm usually, like, a heavy lunch, light dinner kind of person, so I... I would I would do a salad. That's what I would do for dinner. And I just I'm one of those people that always has like a couple random things. So I would take like some I'd throw in some seeds, either like some flax seeds or pumpkin seeds or hemp seeds, and then I would throw in like uh I'm really lazy when it comes to chopping sometimes. So like I love anything that I'm cut up with a vegetable peeler instead. So I would peel some like cucumbers into there, I'd peel some carrots into there. Um if I had some beans, I'd throw them in, and then I would just make, like, a really simple vinaigrette out of lemon juice, olive oil, and uh, Dijon mustard, which I usually always have some of that kind of already pre-mixed in the fridge. Um, shake that up and mix, mix it all around, and Yum. with that, maybe some cherry tomatoes. I'm just a, I'm like a scavenger kind of eater. Like, it's rare that I plan a meal. Nice. I was going to ask about that, actually, because that's kind of my, my next thing I wanted to ask you about. So I would I just have been listening to a lot about Ayurveda, and Robin just had a great um, telecast on it. And I one of the things she said that is really important is kind of letting your body know when it's going to eat and really sticking to a plan. And that's something that I kind of struggle with. Do you kind of stick to a certain times of day that you're always getting your meals? And how do you make that? Do you have any practical advice for for sticking with that and letting your body know know when food's coming? Yeah, I mean, I I do really really appreciate the teachings of Ayurveda. So for anyone that isn't familiar, it's um, an ancient Indian practice, and it's definitely worth looking into. There's actually a great cookbook called Eat, Taste, Heal. It gives a lot of the basics. And some of the background is that there's three basic body types or doshas. Um, and I really love that philosophy because for me, I find a lot of peace of mind in it, in not, in like, 
you know, you look at what some people eat. So, for instance, someone like Gabby Bernstein, who naturally very thin. The food, we're, we are most likely different doshas. Like, I am just a more naturally, like, curvy type of body. So the food that's going to work for someone like her isn't necessarily the food that's going to work for someone like me. And I take a lot of solace in knowing that, like, we're all different. That's how it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to be different. That's what makes the world so beautiful and colorful and interesting. Um, back to the actual question. No, I um, love that. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I so I I take a lot of. I've only recently gotten really into it, but I I really really love it, and I've made a lot of shifts based on what Ayurveda tells me I should be eating, and I'm loving it. So, um, but I, I always try to eat within an hour of waking up in the morning. Um, I'll have a, a tea, some sort of like uh, herbal tea, which I've been making these great Ayurvedic teas recently out of like uh, use cinnamon, basil, ginger, cumin seed, and lemon juice. Sounds a little cray cray. Oh, yum! It's I really, need to write down that recipe. It's like I'm gonna post it. On, <laughs> I'm gonna post that one on my website too. Okay, perfect. Um, Link will be below. Awesome. Um, it's really, really nice. And I'll just drink like a jug of the tea in the morning. And um, I've been really into doing oats recently. I try to switch my breakfast up seasonally. Um, and then I usually try to wait four hours between meals. Um, like I was saying before, I'm always hungry earlier in the day. So sometimes I'll have a little snack between breakfast and lunch. But um, I usually, you know, when I'm in a healthy state of mind, like when things are flowing the way I want them to be flowing, when I'm closer to quote unquote there, um, is when I'm really checking in with myself and asking the questions like, am I really hungry or am I just bored? Am I really hungry or am I just, do I just want something? Um, and trying to check in with what I'm actually craving. Um, and it's funny because I see different correlations in my life. Like I'll notice like that I'm eating cleaner and more regularly um and like I'm also making my bed all the time and like dishes aren't piling up in the sink and like there's all of these like visual things going on like I know if my bedroom is messy that I need to be paying more attention to my diet because like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything so I think it's really key to kind of look at your life um I know I'm getting off topic again but no, looking at your life amazing. and your surroundings um, and it'll be a really good indicator of just what's happening internally and mentally and all of that, kind of allowing yourself to get back on track. So I start my day by making my bed. And I know, so af after I do my self-love, you know, then I get out, I turn on the tea, I make my bed. And I know that I'm just like getting the ball rolling for a day of taking care of myself and just keeping things in order. I love that. And I especially love what you said about using the doshas to really kind of be okay with that one diet doesn't work for everybody. And that's my favorite part of it. And I think um, for me, that's something kind of I'm going through. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be a raw vegan because that's the best way for the world and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw, you know, hey, that, that doesn't really work for me. And that's cool. And this is my dosha. And I need to add in some more fats and this and that. And and like just listening to your body is really huge and and I love that you're such a proponent of that and and it really does it 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 just makes sense and how, like you said how you do everything how you do one thing is how you do everything and I think that that's that's really important for everybody to hear 
all the time. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> so you. Too. It's an important reminder. You know, we all tell ourselves that, too. It's a good reminder. Remember, we're all different, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and one of the things you said there was that when you're when you do kind of get in that moment where it's like, are am I hungry right now or is this emotional? Um, do you have any like a, a practical tip you could provide for like what you do in that moment? Like, yeah, it's emotional. And do you have like a stop, drop, and meditate, or just something you do to kind of flip that off and be like, okay, I'm not going to go to the cabinet. I'm not going to go to the fridge. I'm going to do something else. Do you have any advice there? Yeah, I think that's one thing that's helpful that I always have clients do is. Um, kind of come up with a list of a few things that they could be doing in those moments when they just need something, when they need some comfort. So it might be like giving yourself a credit. Hmm? Some crunch. (laughs) Some crunch, yeah. So it could be, it could be like, you know, giving yourself a pedicure, going for a walk around the block. One of the things that I do is when I catch myself there, um, I'll just, I'll stop and I'll breathe and I'll say like my feet are on the ground and I just kind of like literally center myself. I'll literally be like, okay, my feet are on the ground. I'm standing in my kitchen. This is on the TV. Like this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Um, you know, and again, it's a practice where like there are some times where I surrender and I do eat the thing and Sometimes I just have a bite and sometimes I stop myself. But, you know, I find that the things that I'm eating, like the the emotional foods that I would be going to, they're not really so bad. It's not a box of cookies. You know, it's like, right. it's the, it's, I don't Radish, know. the raw it's, radish. It's a raw radish or some granola, some kind of granola. Yes. I don't know. Um, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't get quite, you know, I think that when you have that, uh, when you have a spiritual practice of any kind, you can kind of get, and you find yourself coming, you make a practice of coming to center more often. You're not, those highs aren't as high and lows aren't as low. You kind of can get yourself back there. So what I do is uh, really the thing that I do personally is to center myself and to breathe and just to like, I just snap to it because usually those like emotional spirals are like when I'm like blacked out and I don't know where I am. And right. So I just try to get present. You get really conscious. I think that's great. And Marie Forleo in one of her videos gave a really great technique to just get yourself back. She literally says, I think this was on her Super Soul Sunday episode actually, but she says just literally in her mind says, I'm back. And I think that just centers her back in, gets her conscious again, and so you start to notice what's around you and just get really hyper-present. I always say that in my yoga classes. Get hyper-aware, hyper-present, noticing how your skin feels, what the air temperature is, where you're, you're, your feet are on the ground, just like you said, and that can really get you out of that, that kind of fearful moment. Totally. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, Anyways, okay, cool. Well, just a couple more things. Now, sure. this time I want you to this is your this is your platform. This is your moment. Okay. You get to clear up the greatest health misconception out there. Ooh. It's the same thing. Sophie's choice again. I'm making it hard. <laughs> Katie, I wish I had this one beforehand so I could have prepared. Okay. <laughs> what is the biggest health misconception? Um, all right. 
Here I'm we, really uh, putting her on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it really goes back to what I what we started to touch on when we were talking about Ayurveda. And I think that the biggest misconception is that there is one way, that there is one yeah. road to health, and that there's one diet that's going to cure everything, and that's going to be it. And once you unlock it, you've un, you have the keys to the kingdom forever. Yeah. It is not true. And that is what the diet industry has been feeding people for the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years. And it makes me so sad. Because it's, 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 it's so cray cray. <laughs> because we're also different. Our bodies need different things. You know, it depends on your activity level, your your constitution, your dosha. Um, your dosha, your energy level, your just everything about you your is day. Different. Your day, totally. The time of the month, the time of the year. Um, just our bodies are this, this ocean that we're constantly flowing, we're constantly shifting. Um, so I think that, you know, you know, when you look at this diet industry and there are thousands of health books written, thousands of diet books. And the thing about them is, is that they're all right. You know, they're all right for someone at some time. Um, but it's really all about just slowly tweaking and figuring out what works for you, trying different things, trying to be raw vegan. Everyone can be raw vegan for two weeks. If it is for you, you're going to want to keep doing it. If it's not, you're going to want to stop. So the thing that worked for me when I originally started um, getting my health in check are completely different things from what I do now. So I think it really is about a path and it's about really being conscious about what you're eating and what you're putting in your body. So I'm going to tie it back to cooking a little bit too. Yeah. Um, just because I think one of the other things that I hear from a lot of people a lot of times is that cooking is too hard, that it's too time consuming. Um, and I really challenge people to look at it from a creative scope. For me, like cooking is the ultimate creative outlet. So I have one of my favorite metaphors. So I, like I mentioned at the beginning, I worked in fashion for 10 years and I was, uh, I was a stylist and I always have this thing that I, thanks. So you have two really cool careers. I feel very blessed to have two very cool careers. I'm very proud of both of them. Um, And I, I, you know, fashion was always my thing. It was my love. And it's kind of the way there's, the way that my brain worked when I was doing a fashion shoot is the same way that my brain works when I'm cooking. So it's all about kind of looking at what you've got and taking the best ingredients that are around that season, taking like whatever is fresh and cool and colorful that makes you feel that just like turns you on in a way. In and season, in vogue, same in thing. In season, exactly. And then putting it together in this way that's dynamic yet palatable and totally fresh and exciting. So, you know, my, my pantry and my closet, like they feel the same way to me. And when I I start to feel a little stuck or a little bored, you know, there's the two things that I do. One is like fashion show dance party (laughs) or two, it's like experiment with new recipes. So for me, like, and they're just the two, like, most girlyish girl things you can possibly do. But, like, I just, and I think that people tend to have that thing. Like, when you look at the way someone uh, dresses and the way that they cook, um, I think it's just like, such a fascinating correlation. Yeah, it's, it goes back to exactly what you were saying before. How you do one thing is how you do everything. 
Hodori. Oh, that's, I never thought that I would like love you more, but now I'm just obsessed with you and I want to be your best friend. So this is amazing. <laughs> um, so going, going back to, to health and holistic wellness, where do you kind of see, it's kind of becoming trendy now. It's kind of becoming, sure. um, you know, Vogue, which I think is really cool and, and it, more people are awakening to it, but where do you see it in 10 years and where would you like to see it? Oh, wow. I, I see it becoming much more mainstream for sure. Um, over the winter, I was uh, in literally the middle of nowhere in New Mexico in a tiny town. I, I kid you not, it's called Truth or Consequences. And even <laughs> like there, two, like three words. They were truth or consequences, New Mexico. Love yeah. it. The little grocery store had its own aisle that was just all organic food, and like, and like, this is a town where like most people there are like live below the poverty level. So the that to me was a huge like victory. You yeah, know, the victory dance in the aisle there, being like, this is this is amazing that it is spread here. That people really are getting the people are waking up and acknowledging what needs to be in their food or what they, what they should be putting in their body. Right. Where I would really love to see things. Um, I actually, this, this was like a huge light bulb moment for me that I had while listening to a Michael Pollan interview on NPR recently, um, where he was talking about, um, you know, the importance of cooking, but he said something to the effect of, you know, big buys from big, small buys from small. So, The big, if you're eating at chain restaurants and, you know, it's just all like from these huge corporations. You're voting. You're voting. And they are buying from the huge factory farms where they're just spraying chemicals everywhere with reckless abandon. It's monocultures, which means that there's no nutrients in that soil because they cannot possibly put enough nutrients back in. All the soil is depleted. So these are just, it's just empty food. Whereas when small is buying from small, this is me going to my farm and having, you know, flirting with my farmers and bringing home my baby carrots. And like this, that's, that's what I want to see. I want everyone to know their farmers and to be going to local farmers markets and for the world, to, for every community to be filled with small to medium sized farms that are sustainable with, you know, that are growing a huge wide variety of different crops and that are, you know, we know where our animals come from if you're eating um, any animal products, to know where they came from, to be able to see the pastures that they were raised on, to understand the diet that they had, because you are what you eat, and you are what you eat eats, you know? It's, yeah. Getting connected to your food source, that's where I want it. I, that, I want everyone to, like, in the way that people have, like, their local pub or their, you know, yes. store, I want everyone to, like, have their farm. Me too. Me too. And I and I really think that it's possible. And I really think that it's going to be that accessible. And I'm so passionate about it. And you're so passionate about it. And there's so many people like us putting this great work out in the world and just, just showing that it's possible. And I, I couldn't agree with more with everything that you said, but especially it, it reminded me of, like I, I mentioned before, when I saw Joe Cross speak, he said he was telling about how he used to love McDonald's and he would have a his same order at McDonald's every single day and he would only be getting nutrients from those 
two little pickles in his burger. And, <sighs> and, and none of the other stuff. And he probably wasn't even getting much from that. But he was saying that, like, McDonald's is not the enemy. McDonald's can be my best friend. If every single person, if 50,000 people went in there today and requested green juice, it would be on the menu tomorrow. And it would be on the freaking dollar menu. So it's just like, if we ask for this, if we're passionate about it, and we inspire more people to be passionate about it, it's just going to head in the right direction. And it'll just be great. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Preach, sister. Yeah, yeah. You can just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, cool. Well, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Clearly, we're very passionate about that stuff, but is there anything else coming up in your life that you're super psyched about that you want to share? Hmm, so many things. Yeah, I'm really excited. Robin and I are working on a really exciting new program that I think is going to help a lot of people. Um, we've created some great programs in the past that are just for the average um person who wants to learn more about cooking and get more comfortable in the kitchen but we're working on um we're working on a really great cookbook and we're also working on a program that's going to be incredibly comprehensive that should really help um health coaches help their clients learn how to cook so for any other health people out there that just uh they're working with people on their diet trying to get healthier we're trying to we're creating something that's going to make it even more easy for them to um, give their their clients and their readers and everyone a place to go where they can just have a very succinct, simple place where they can go and learn all the basics of healthy cooking in an easy, accessible way. So we just want to keep spreading it out there. Nice. Get That's more so people amazing. in the kitchen. You guys are such bright lights in the world, and I love that you're doing – what you're doing by making cooking simple and making it something that anybody can tackle because I think that's people's biggest fear when they say, okay, look, I want to be healthy. I want to feed my body in a positive, healthy way. Okay, that means I'm going to have to cook more for myself. Oh my God, I'm so scared. I can't do that. And then they give up. So it's so great to have you guys in the world to teach them, look, it's okay. It's easy. I'm going to hold your hand, hand through it and it's going to be great. Absolutely. It is going to be great. It's going to be great. Okay, <laughs> before we wrap, just super quick, I have a couple of rapid-fire questions. Are you ready for those? Uh, let me stretch. I think stretch. I'm ready. Do some stretches. <laughs> Twist it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You good? I'm good. All right. Favorite color? Red. Favorite fruit? Apples. Nice. Favorite veggie? We already kind of talked about this. Mm, a Brussels sprouts. Nice. Smoothie or juice? Smoothie. Avocado or raw tahini? Avocado. Lemon or lime? Lime. Favorite movie? Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, tied with Wings World. <laughs> and favorite song? You Turn Me On, I'm a Radio by Joni Mitchell. Nice. And favorite thing to do to relax? We'll bring it down now. <laughs> Jacuzzi. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. I thought you were going to say cooking, but jacuzzi is always great. Cooking in a jacuzzi, maybe? I don't know. Ooh, that I, sounds I, messy. I'll try that. <laughs> but I, I, I'll see what I can do. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Quinn. Okay, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I am just so glad you are here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I think you're amazing, and I'm so glad that you invited me on. This was really, really fun. Yay. Well, thank you, Quinn. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye, Quinn.